37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Happy New Year friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street. This week we're jazzing it up as we take a look at 2020's Pixar film, Soul. According to Muhammad Ali, I am the greatest pain in the butt. I'm Chris Fletcher. I'm jazzing. I'm Lucy Rain. And I'm not ready to die yet. Hello children. I'm Hugh Rain. Big pause from you. Hi guys. Yeah, I was yeah. I was spending a little moment in the in the flow um, realm. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I was yeah, I was lost in my flow. The listeners probably won't know what's going on here because I'm most likely going to cut that yes, pause out because you did that recently. To fit it into the music, L- Lucy did a big pause and you cut it out, and I thought, oh, that's good. It's because I don't pay well, attention. Beca- because I have I have a sting. We have the music and we have a gap in the music where I can do it, and then the music starts to crescendo. And if I have talking over the crescendo, it makes it really hard to manage. <laughs> So uh, so I have to shorten you up yeah. or cut your gaps and stuff. Cut those gaps. I'm mean like that, yeah. yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New happy Year. Happy New Year, Chris. And Happy Christmas. This um, was Disney's Christmas present to us, Christmas Day. We all woke up, ran downstairs like excited sugar plums. And what was on Disney Plus? Mm. A new Pixar film. Mm. Was it a happy mm. smiley face from you guys? Or should we wait and see? Mm. Oh, okay. I, I waited a few days to watch it, and then kind of watched it under duress. Yeah, we 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 waited a bit under duress, really. Well, no, I, I mean, I wanted to watch it because we decided we were going to review it. Did you not it. tell duress to get off really... you? <laughs> I wasn't really um, bothered about seeing it. I think we talked about this before. I, I had quite low expectations for this film. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I was the same. Um, because, and now it's going to be very difficult to talk about this film without talking about Inside Out, which we haven't done yet on the show. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I am not a fan of Inside Out and that style of storytelling, as we'll get into later. So I was expecting that. So I wasn't looking forward to it. And that's what we got. Ooh, mm. I disagree. Well. Well, let, should we well, get to it? We'll find out. Shall we get to it? We shall. Yeah, have you got some facts I for us? I do have facts. I wasn't sure I was going to get them, but in actual in actual fact... In actual facts. Actual Ooh. fact. It was worth it. Do I have a jingle? Oh, yeah. Always. Okay. I'll play it for you if you like. Shall I put it in, like, now? It's time to dig a little deeper To learn some Disney stuff Dig a little deeper No, we ain't dug this far enough Dig down deep into the facts We'll find out what we need Lucy will school us, guaranteed Open up the windows, let in the light Children Okay, Pete Doctor in 2016 had just finished Inside Out. Um, it had been really well received. It had won an Oscar. It's it, everyone clap clap clap. Well done, pat on the back, Pete Doctor. And then of course he goes straight back to work the next day because this is what you do when you work for Pixar. And it was right, pitch a new film. And, so we did the same again. <laughs> <laughs> and. As he describes it, he was like, right, well, now what? Should we, I'll just do it all again. And he, he said he had a bit of a midlife crisis. It's just like, it's, it's short-lived, isn't it? You do an achievement like that, and then it's just go back to work and just start on another film, and then it's the same process over again. So when he was coming up with a pitch for a new film, this was his own background noise, as it were, uh, and that coloured the film itself. Um, Mm. He wanted to continue with his work on the origins of human personality and determinism um, because he felt he'd started it with Inside Out, but he really hadn't got quite to the crux of what he wanted to say. Now, when we go into it, given what you two have just said, I think that's going to be something I come back to because I think he explored it better here than he did in Inside Out, but we'll get to that. Okay. he co-wrote it with uh, Mike Jones and Kent Powers, who were both then promoted to co-directors. Kent Powers becoming the first African-American director on a Pixar 
Pixar or Disney, I believe, film. Um, so that was a, a good first for the film. And mm. then in 2018, John, John Lasseter was cancelled, <laughs> if we remember that. Awkward. Yes. Um, he, he, he departed <laughs> mm. the, uh, the organisation somewhat suddenly. Wasn't fired. Yes. Wasn't fired. He just, he departed. No. Um, it was amicable. And Doctor became Chief Creative op- Officer at this point. So he was still in his role as director of this film. And he was also dividing himself with Chief Creative Officer. So even though he was still the main director, um, Jones and Powers took over a lot of the, the work from then on, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx was chosen to play Joe. He was chosen for his uh, comedic timing, his dramatic background, but also because he's got a musical background, um, and which they thought was important to bring to the character. Oh, he was Ray Charles, wasn't mm-hmm. he? was Ray Charles. He's also a very accomplished mm-hmm. musician in his own right, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not the only person who plays Joe because Jean-Baptiste, I always say that wrong, Jean-Baptiste plays the piano and did a lot of the visual um, reference, reference, thank you, visual reference for the musical sequences, the piano playing and so on. I suspected that when we watched it today, uh, yeah, there's um, Joe was playing, camera was behind him and I thought, I bet Jean-Baptiste is posing for this. Uh, Now, do you know Jean-Baptiste? Chris? No, not particularly, no. I, 12 months ago, I wouldn't have known him at all, but we have become very big fans of Stephen Colbert, um, really through lockdown. He's one oh, of okay, the people yeah. who started doing it from his home, and we started watching him on mm. YouTube about that time. Well, Jean-Baptiste is the house musician for the um, Stephen Colbert show, and he's absolutely Oh, okay, I know who you mean now. Amazing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the best thing on the show. We love him. I love him. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's one of those people that if if he was my friend or my neighbour, just talking to him, I'd just probably start crying because I loved him so much. Well, I, I've spoken <laughs> to, about him to people recently, nothing to do with soul, because he talks to Stephen Colbert and he talks to the camera with his head turned towards them and he plays the piano at the same time but without looking at his fingers. Mm. But when I say plays the piano, a bit like the role in the film, it's like mystical level jazz piano. And he's holding a conversation yeah. at the same time. It's he's an a, absolute legend. It's just a part of him. Oh yeah, it's like an extension. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's it's just coming out of his arms. Mm. He's an absolute god. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was um, big plus in the box of the music. Uh, Tina Fey also plays a part, as well as Graham Norton and Richard uh, Hughes. Going to ding me, Iowadi. Is that correct? The bell has spoken. Oh, excellent. Yeah. But there's somebody who is not in this film. Who's not in this film, boys? Ratzenberger, I'm guessing, because yeah. if it's that important. Yeah, Ratzenberger. Doctor says he is in it. Pete Doctor. That is not Doctor Who. Pete Doctor says he is in it, mm. um, but it's a very subtle role, but he's not credited. And John Ratzenberger hasn't spoken about it. There's a lot of um, conspiracy on the <laughs> internet. Is he in it, isn't he? Um, I oh, think- maybe I'll have to go back and watch it again to find out. If I can guess where he is. I didn't spot him, did you? No, and uh, I often listen out for him, but I maybe feel like I heard one character in the background just kind of go, yeah. Yeah. Thing is, (laughs) because it's set in the real world, well, it's not because of the spiritualism thing, but I think maybe he wouldn't have fit in as well as he does in something like Cars or Toy Story, and maybe it was the the right decision. Hmm. Um, Just having the background. Anyway, um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from the Nine Inch Nails did all the music for the the realm, all the New Age. Oh, that makes sense. Score. Okay. Uh, Jean Baptiste composed. Baptiste. Baptiste. I keep putting a P in it, like Baptist. Jean Baptiste. It it feels like it needs one, doesn't Mm. it? Um, Composed. it says much of the jazz music for the New York City sequences. I, I wouldn't know what much of means, but a lot of it. Um, and of course... More than less of it. Yeah, more or less. The ja- <laughs> stuff that is palpably jazz, piano jazz, will be Jean-Baptiste. Baptiste. <laughs> now, the release. The release of this film was set for June the 19th, Ooh. 2020. Didn't happen. 
Um, coronavirus pandemic hit the US, shut down production, also shut down all the theatres. It was promptly moved to November the 20th, taking the spot of would have been Raya the Last Dragon. Um, and then the premiere was set for the London Film Festival, October the 11th. On October the 8th, Disney decided to cancel the release and release it exclusively on Disney Plus on the 25th of December, also known as Christmas Day. Um, mm -hmm. Unlike Mulan, they decided to not go premiere. Um, what's it called? Premier, premium viewing experience. You don't have to pay for you it. You don't have to pay for it. They made it free. <laughs> uh, I believe it did mm. still have its premiere at the London Film Festival, but... Uh, Is that to make sure it's eligible for Oscars? Yes. But journalists were told to sit on the reviews till a certain time. Right. What's that? A moratorium on... Embargo. Embargo. That's the word I was looking for. So, mm -hmm. that's all I got. Hmm. Now, before, so we're going to do story, animation mm. and music, as normal. Yeah. Stories we go, as we do yeah. now. We didn't used to, but now we do. Um, but also, should we hear what the children thought of it? We just watched Soul. It's about a man. And he's like a music teacher and he wants to be a musician. So he goes and he does practicing with a musician and, and he falls down like a drain. And he becomes something called a soul. His soul goes out and it makes him in this like escalator and it's to take him to like heaven or something make him actually dead and then he goes somewhere else and there's like these other ones and there was another soul called 22 they all need like the inspirement or spark one 22 fell into the man's body but then the man fell into the cat so they were trying to find her spark so she could go to the world. They do things and she really likes it. And then he goes back and then he is a musician. And then 22 becomes a lost soul and then he goes back to help 22. Oh, at the end, the man had to stare as a soul because he actually gave the pass to 22 after he returned and then she went down and they both had their own life and that's the end well my favourite scene was the music I like the music that they play my favourite bit was when 22 was in the guy's body and, and he was the cat all that bit my favourite character is the man because he's just funny when he's trying to tell 22 about the world. My favourite character was the musician. I forgot what his name is. I don't really have a favourite song in this one. I would give it a four out of five. Cool. Anything else you want to say about it? No. I would give it a four out of five. Let's. So there you are. That's what the kids thought. Mm. Um, right. Should we talk story? So it's time to discuss how the story goes. I know it can't be worse than Oliver and Coke. Well, before we go any further, Hugh, can I just say that um, your clothing at the moment from here looks like you're wearing a fur. <laughs> Does he look like Liza Minnelli? <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing my Christmas Chewbacca dressing gown. And yeah, it does look like a fur, a fur coat in this light. Oh, he it's is like a Phoebe when she gets that fur and she do not want to get rid of it. Right, I'll, I'll go first on the story then, as I may, because I think that we might have um, contrasting opinions and I'd rather get mine in first. Right. 
Um, my first take on this is it's like a cinematic version of a self-help book, but not in a overt patronising, shove it down your throat way. It's got a lot of elements of, um, I don't want to say spiritualism, it's something different. It Self-help, you know, it's why are we here? How... How can we make ourselves happier? How can we be more fulfilled? What is the meaning of life? That kind of thing. It's wellnessy. It's it, wellnessy. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. But I don't think at any point it's patronising or um, t- twee no. in that way. I think it does it in a very organic no. way. I also like that it doesn't answer any of those questions for you, but it really makes you think about it and which is is the right way of doing it, really. We don't need Pete Doctor to tell us the meaning of life particularly, but we do need him to sort of prompt these thoughts. And I also think that's an excellent thing, maybe not for children as long as young as Bonnie and Lucas, but maybe your pre-teens. Mm. It's a really good medium for them to understand those really, really important things. So whilst I know this is going to be compared to Inside Out, whereas Inside Out, I just thought, took... An interesting idea from someone and made a comedic story out of it and a lot of the psychology was flawed in this i think the psychology was very successful and i think that that makes a big difference to the i know i haven't really spoken about the story but i think that this overridingly gives success to the story itself i wonder what kids will make of it we'll take it very literally at like the kids our age um, that we have age would the kids are age what a um, do you know what that sentence was almost uh, a, as much of a jumbled mess as this film oh but, my goodness okay yes yeah. but, um, beautiful yeah, segue I, there like, Hugh Bonnie was watching it she, I mean obviously she's not at that age going to know what, she's not going to know what the beyond is or the before or you know the, the idea of soul you know she she just thinks that there's these ghosts that come out of you maybe I'm doing a, a disservice but I can't imagine she got that far into it. Anyway, what are your early thoughts, Chris? It has some fundamental... Flaw. I can't even speak either. God, we're all doing well today, aren't we? <laughs> um, it has some fundamental flaws. Um, for me, I found it incredibly contrived, like the whole way through it, uh, starting with how the hell does he get off that conveyor belt? Hmm. Nobody else has ever done it. They make it very clear it's never happened before. So how how does it happen? I, yeah, and, and, and that, 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 that I wrote that today on second viewing. We watched it twice, and second viewing, I was like, "Hang on a minute." And now, because sorry, just to, to interrupt, uh, but you know, just just to add to your point, what I'm going to say a lot is I don't buy this, and I didn't buy that he was the the only person yeah. who's ever sort of realised he's on his way to the beyond and said, "I'm not ready," and then managed to get off by slipping through a thin yeah. membrane. What? He, out of the billions of people. Yes, yeah, so and no, everybody else has been accepting because that implies that nobody else has any independent thought whatsoever. Mm. So it, it doesn't make sense that he would be the only person running the opposite way, trying to get away from yeah. it, which means there's other people who do that. But then it also doesn't make sense that he's the only one who's managed to fall off it into somewhere else when at other times when he tries to jump back to Earth, he doesn't have a pass for Earth, so he ends up back where he, back in the before again. I don't Surely think this is those important. kind of failsafes would happen elsewhere. Mm. I, I don't think this is important. Yeah, I think it is. It was just, it just it, it was a feeling of it not being quite right for me. Like, I mean, when he goes through that membrane and he falls off, in, you know, in, through the dark, and then he appears in the before. Why is that in the same space? If these are like conceptual ideas, how can you just get there by jumping off a conveyor belt and suddenly you're in like a, yeah. a whole new realm, which is like should be so far removed that they shouldn't be in the same space. You shouldn't be able to get to it. It should, it should fall off there and fall forever. Okay, so maybe it's contrived to get to the concepts it wanted to get to, but I think that the story of his life and the concepts are far more important than the logistics of something like that. But but so, some of the logistics don't add up. Like the when 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 he jumps into the cat's body and they briefly say, "Well, what happened to the cat's soul?" and it goes meow, and it shows the cat going on the conveyor belt moving up to the beyond. But then later on, yeah. The cat is alive in the subway, and then the owner takes the cat back. But we've established that the cat has essentially died. And this is what you're taking from... This is what you're thinking about when you're watching this film. No. Well, yeah. Ah, right. It's it's speed bumps where I go, that doesn't work, that that doesn't work. I I, I, I normally just sort of let things wash over me, but this was too many times where I was thinking, that that contradicts that, 
you know, we've been shown that, but that's not happening now. You know what I mean? We we all buy into the willing suspension of disbelief. We all buy into it. But things like this are what test that and what take you away from it. And straight away, then, you're not invested. Now, don't get me wrong, Lucy. I am, I'm not going to go Oliver and Company on this film. <laughs> I, I'm not at all. There's definitely things to like about it. And what you're talking about in the themes, I totally get. But it does have its flaws. The, the other big flaw for me is that they've almost consciously thrown in to something which is a very adult subject matter the need for kids to like it and and to me that takes away a lot from this film because you either need to do one or the other and this is just it, it's stuck in the midway somewhere it's stuck on that conveyor, conveyor belt not sure where it's going not sure who it's aimed at and that really sets it back for me in what way do you think that they've catered it too much to kids well in, in having uh a, a, a child soul um, in the first place Cutesy. that's a little bit quirky Cutesy in throwing him into a cat in throwing him into a cat and having him trapped in a cat mm. you know that that whole bit Don't the, you the think wonder they of life him, when they go back is great they needed a way for him to view his his life from the outside so that yeah, the cat maybe. is outside his body they needed him to go back to earth and see himself but not be inside the body and okay so yeah you use that word contrived perhaps it is but it also, it made it light and comedic, which I really, really think is where the success of this is because we've all moaned before about how emotionally manipulative Pixar is and the, the subject matter and the thought outcomes that they were going for on this could easily have been that. But I think it it was light. It was light, but it managed to make me think deeply. And having the cat... And the little child things. I'm not a child, but I needed those things. It's like, the, you know, the sugar in the coffee. I was not expecting the cat thing. I did not know there was a bit where he went inside a cat. They did a really good job with the trailers, didn't they? Because I don't think uh, Graham Norton was in it at all. And he was no. a massive highlight for well, me. He's my favourite bit. Yeah, that was great. Because I was watching yeah. that and uh, normally I'm like well on it with voices. But I went, who is that? And Lucy said, it's, it's Graham Norton. I I think I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's Graham Norton. And I couldn't believe it because, I mean, he, he is an actor, but we, we don't know him as an actor. Cause he's a, I don't think he is an actor. Apart from that one episode well, of yeah, uh, Father, Father Ted. Ted. You know, so, I mean, okay. technically he's an actor, but we don't know him as an actor. He's, he's more of a host. Um, but yeah. he's brilliant in it. He's brilliant. He's really good, yeah. And actually, yeah, some he, voices, he like, really good. normally if I hear, like, Richard Iwadi's voice coming out all sort of stark and British, I go, oh, no, that doesn't match. But it kind of worked. Mm. I think the cat thing for me is why it was just why mm. why why is why has that happened why is why has she gone into his body why has she not got in, gone into whatever body she was destined to go into why why is it why does it happen in that way it just again it felt contrived to me that it ended up like it did and I couldn't it, it just it, it conflicted me a bit it just did my, I, can't, I can't help it, it just my did. issue and I said this and I was off sincerely was that this style of storytelling which they have in um, Inside Out is where you're travelling th- you've got characters travelling through these various like places and you just have a conveyor belt of high concepts being thrown at you so it's all exposition you have a character who needs to explain it all along the way like oh what's this oh this is where the lost souls are what's this this is a, a boat of whatever mm. you know and you're constantly having to be told what things are which for me is just getting the way of the flow of the story. And I'm always thinking, oh, here's another high concept that they're not really going to go into that much, which could be a film in itself, like this Lost Souls thing could be, you know, they could really get into that. But it's like, oh, this is the, this th- place and this is the the place where they get they learn how to do this. And it's just, it was like, it's too much being thrown at me all the time. It's like, can we just have a like... I know what you're saying. It's just a clear story. But I I think in metaphors a lot and I respond, respond to metaphors well. And I think that... One of the most powerful things in the whole thing was that visual representation of depression and anxiety as that big black cloud surrounding you. And when they went inside it, it was, you know, just representations of people going, you're not good enough, you know, and all that kind of thing, that repetition, repetitive thought. I thought that was amazing, absolutely amazing. And at some point, the need to explain what that is. Yeah, but that's fine on its own. Like, you can get that. But there was too me- there's too many of those moments all put you know all in a row where you know like one of those like a couple of those concepts would have been good on its like you know as, as a film but like having so many of them like for me right the, 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 my problem is summed up in this 
line, like uh, it's Wayne Graham Norton's character. What's he called? Moonshine or something? Moon what? Um, something like that. Moonwind. Yeah. Moonwind. Moonwind. He says, "Now that Moonwind, twenty-two yeah. has technically lived, she's become one of them." Yeah. Now yeah, a sentence yeah, yeah. like that has no place in a clear narrative film. You shouldn't have to like literally say to the audience. Oh, this thing that we briefly mentioned earlier—that's happening now because technically she's lived. Yeah, it's so like I'll um, give you that one because that's like them acknowledging she, she probably shouldn't be doing this, but we want her to for story mm. purposes, so we'll we'll give it a reason. I, mm. I, I give, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. And do do you think, Lucy, that you you said it's like it's quite light for a Pixar film? It's quite light emotion wise. Do you think that's intentional, or do you think they missed? Because there's, there's there's certain bits in it for me where it just felt like we were heading towards something. I was starting to feel emotions, and then they just cut it dead. The bit at the end of the film, you've you've gone through. I'm sorry to to skip around the narrative, but you get to this point where he has this massive realization that that uh, you know he's a teacher, that he's a mentor, and then they get to the conveyor belt, and and you think he's going to go back and he's going to be a mentor. <laughs> they totally go, here you go, you can live. See you later, bye. Mm. And they just like, well, we've never done this before either, but. You know, yeah. here you go, you live. I it, did question it didn't, that. That didn't make sense to me. It just killed the film for me, yeah. did that. It absolutely killed it. Any enjoyment I had out of the whole of thing, at that point, I just went, I, no, I'm not having that. That's not the right ending. It just isn't how it should end. Mm. That it, it feels like that classic um, American film thing where they go, well, do you know what? I know we're supposed to have this horrible, tragic ending, or I know it's supposed to happen a certain way, but we want everyone to be happy. Bambi's so mum lived, it. yeah. It frustrated me. I, I did really think that the first me. time. The second time, when I was kind of prepared for it, it felt a little bit more. It didn't. It didn't feel as out of place and forced. Maybe I was prepared for it. Um, mm. But also, you've you've made such a connection with his world and his family and his life that it would just be so brutal to kill him at the end. I just wanted the whole thing to be about Joe striving to be to be a musician. And so there's the, the yeah. before and um, beyond stuff to be a separate film. It feel, feels like two things that I want to be separated. Um, and you could have had effectively the same storyline, the same development without having any of the, the mystical elements of it. I, I loved, you know, to, for all the criticism I'm giving it, I loved bits like at the barbershop scene mm. was just brilliant. Mm. It was so good. And the way that... that her, she, in his body, starts to suddenly learn and see what value she's given to people in the way that she talks to them and when everything. When it turns into it's a, a, avatar, <laughs> but it's a, it's a great it's a great development of her character. Mm. And you're right, Lucy. What you said before: if he isn't the cat, he's not he's not there and witnessing that and seeing his flaws in the way that she's doing things differently. All that that bit of that storytelling that's that's great for me, and and I like that a lot. But the whole mystical element of it. I just I, I find it hard to get on board with. Really find the mystical it hard. in that terms. You mean the beyond and the before and the, all the that. beyond, the before, yeah. the the boats, the being in the zone, and then when you're in the zone, you can jump out of the zone. And yeah, okay, okay. Being a boat somewhere and yeah. Here's a bit that missed for me. Do you know when Connie turns up because she's like threatening to quit the trombone, mm. but then mm. she doesn't really want to quit the trombone because she's like, oh well, I'll play this piece, and she loves it, and then. 22 in Joe's body says, you really love this, don't you? She says, yeah, I do. Um, that whole bit just seems to have been put in to have um, 22 r- realise something. But again, I wasn't convinced like that Connie would turn up. And I know kids can be... Yeah, uh, if, you, if you teach 13-year-old yeah, girls, that is very in character. Mercutio and volatile, but, but like I just totally didn't buy her turning up and going, I'm going to quit. But got, also got this amazing bit of music because I really love it. Again, bye, no, bye no, then. She wanted again, to- totally contrived again yeah. though because the, at the start of the film you go into this school orchestra and she's there and she starts riffing. You're like, this is good. You can see he's got this passion for it. It's going to be something about that. And then her only other introduction is is that bit that you're talking about. She could have been the girl. She could have been the girl through going through this realization of what she loves and what her passions are, and they could have got the same story across in a much mm. more um, accessible way, I think. Yeah. I got. You don't look happy, Lucy. You totally killed my buzz, though. <laughs> Sorry, but... I loved it. <laughs> I got confused as well by the spark purpose thing, and I'm still not to grips with w- what the difference is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
They don't, they're not meant to tell you that. You're not meant to know at the end of film, the film what that is. It's this belief that we, we've got some kind of purpose and it will probably be our job. It's an absolute fallacy. And they kind of want to get that idea over. And your spark is something more. It's something more basic. Like it's, a hobby. No, it's not a hobby. You've missed the point of the film, both of you. It's not a thing. It's not... It, it, it's... It's as, it's part of your personality. It's it's the things that you enjoy. It's it, you know the kind of person who would have that eye caught by the colour of the sky is different from the person who would have that eye caught by, you know, um, a, a sound of a revving engine. And it's not that the person who's got the ears caught by a revving engine will end up being a mechanic, but that is the spark. And it, it's it this is it's basically this is what it was trying to say is that human beings really try to make it tangible and they try to give their life a purpose that they can write down in a sentence and that they can go to the um job center with and saying i feel deep 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 down that i'm meant to be a jazz musician but what they were trying to say and particularly with joe where that seemed so natural and fluid to him is that at the end of the day that's just something he does that's so, just... so like ethics kits <laughs> <laughs> is that a, what is that a purpose or I, I don't I don't feel like this is the forum to try and explain to you just, two what the meaning of life is I just is, don't get it I don't get it right okay don't understand it I, yeah I, I kind of get it but um, it doesn't make a difference to how I, I found didn't this I really film. understand how looking at some I mean I understand it but I don't get the fact that he gets the bits out of, you know, that 22's collected and lays them on his piano. Then he has uh, this moment. You know, I kind of understand what's going on. But uh, again, I'm just like going, is that all it takes for Oh, you to- my goodness. You see, this is the thing for me. That payoff, uh, the, the final act was so incredibly profound and it spoke so much about life that, that that made me forgive everything. And now Hugh's saying, so he lines up these objects, I don't get it. And I'm like, well, that's why you don't like the film then. No, no, I'd uh, checked out a long time oh, before okay. then. And it's because of the narrative um, speed bumps where I was going, ooh, what? Hang on, where are we going now? What's this? How's that happening? Uh, I think mm. it was, I think it's a good idea. I appreciate what has been attempted. Don't think it really works. And I just want to know about Joe uh, and his story as a musician, without all that high concept stuff getting in the way. You know that you know the Pixar shorts. You know the one with the guy in the office and his t- stomach's hungry yeah. and like so. That's got a real Inside Out type feel to it, but it's a really short kind of straight concept, and you get to grips with it. This feels like a short that they've just expanded on. And there's a bit like that to in me. here where that guy he's at his desk and he goes, "I'm alive." Yeah, yeah, but that, that's what it, it feels like. It was a like, like they went. We've got. We need to come up with an idea. Here's a short that I've been developing, and they went, "Yeah, that's great. Let's expand on it." And that's kind of where it came from. That's how it feels to me. Inner workings. Now, I totally. Inner workings. That's the one. Yeah, I, I totally take your point, Lucian. I can see why. Um, uh, the view that I've got and the view that Hugh's got probably doesn't. Um, sit very comfortable with you at all because I think when you talk about it as passionately as as you do, it makes me think twice about it. So when I watch it again, I'll be looking at it through your eyes, I guess. But honestly and truthfully, it, it, that's just how it feels to me. I can't I can't get beyond it. Mm. it. It feels clunky. I get what you're saying. Feels... If you found it clunky in the earlier parts, you're not going to listen to the final parts, are you? But I, I just... I... It, it really spoke to me. The whole film, the characters. I loved the characters. Mm. Loved every character. The in community. It much. But yeah, the real world community was just yeah. magical and so real loved and all so that. flawed, but yeah. wonderful. Did you like the monsters university type Jerry's and Terry's? <laughs> I didn't think I was going to like them at all when they first came on, but I really warmed to them. I liked and it them. was also well, this will probably come on to. Animation a bit. Animation, mm. yeah. Maybe we should mm. do that before we have a bust up. <laughs> well, do we need to score the story then? Mm. Yeah, let's do it. Should we? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Who should go first? I'll go first. Yeah. Um, go on then. I totally see that the narrative itself wasn't 
perfect and seamless but I felt that the sentiment behind it was powerful so I'd love to give it a 10 but I'm going to give it a 9 in acknowledgement of its flaws Mm. Uh, I consider it a bit of a jumbled mess but entertaining to watch for sure so I'm going to give it a 6 Cool. I'm going to read this chunk that I wrote down here, and so I'm really sorry about this, but this is what I wrote. This gives you an idea of what was in my head at the time. So a guy falls down a manhole and dies, but he doesn't want to die, so he doesn't go to the afterlife. He falls out of the line, something that nobody else has ever done, and lands in the before life where mentors help souls decide what their spark is before they go to Earth. Why Earth? Why not somewhere else? And live. He can't go back. So he finds people who can get in the zone and he exploits it. They agree to help him to go back, but he falls into a cat, how? And 22 falls into his body where they learn about what living is and get their spark. It's just... When you look at it in its base format, it's just just clunky and it doesn't work and I've given it a six as well. Right. Should we get onto something which is a bit more cheery? Because I absolutely loved the animation. Look at the animation you, the characterization you, and don't forget the background and the style. Yeah, man. I have a slight issue with it. Oh, okay. Okay, go on. <laughs> He's a lot of issues. <laughs> okay. Well, so we we watched um, Onward a couple of days after we'd watched Soul. We did. And when you look at the characters along with the setting, they go incredibly well together. Mm. That photorealistic setting with these very cartoony-looking, unrealistic humans doesn't work very well. And I know there's this whole thing about, you know, if they look too real, then that wouldn't sit comfortably with us anyway. But I I think even with Coco, it worked better than it works in this. They don't... It just doesn't quite sit right. They needed to take something away from from the setting to make it feel like it fitted I better. I thought the texture of the characters and the hair uh, married the two together. I know what you mean about face shapes, but I kind of enjoyed the. Um... I think I think that's I think the face shapes is what is, is literally what I find mm. a bit uncomfortable. That that being said, I I love the ab- abstract elements of of the um, of the Terry's and Jerry's and, and the whole bits in between. Um, I'm not sure how comfortable I feel about the the fuzziness. It's the same as Inside Out for me. That that fuzzy kind of feel of the souls that, oh, you, that you get. I loved that like offset glow. I Did really you? liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It just I don't know. I don't know. Should we? Should we? Like, there's the um, a bit where you know it starts off with the uh, the classroom and stuff, and I was like, all right, okay, yeah, 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 but. When he turns into a soul, and you know, when he first comes off the conveyor belt and he's falling through those abstract shapes, and even when he's looking at the beyond and it's like all these white dots, I loved mm. all that. It's really different. Yeah. And yeah, especially when he's falling through those shapes and you're like, where's he going? It's very creative. There's some really creative stuff in this. I, yeah, really creative. I, I, think, I think, honestly, from a story point of view, I like, I like the real life stuff better. From an animation point of view, I like the... The mystical stuff, but I didn't. I didn't notice any jarring with the um, the real life stuff. I think I just kind of accepted it. In fact, I actually liked mm. how um, well, not realistic. That's the wrong word, but um, the way the body shapes worked of like the mum and then the friend who's the barber and all this kind of thing. Mm. Um, I liked how kind of honest the body shapes were in that caricatured way, and I thought that they they worked really well. Mm. Yeah. I, I liked all that as well um, I was going to say forgotten oh yeah you, the, the Jerry's and Terry's there's mm. some such, such clever stuff there like and Bonnie really liked the way um, Terry put the file in her bum basically a shelf came out of her bum <laughs> or there's a bit where she receives an award and she makes her own little staircase to climb up to her a podium which is her which is yeah. hard to explain but mm. Really clever, and you know, sort of like that. You know, that sort of continuous line. Um, who was the uh, Rhapsody in Blue artist? I forgot. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know the one. Yeah, yeah. We talked about. And that he's one, also the inspiration for the genie, wasn't he? But I think this is more Picasso, isn't it? 
the sideways profile cartoon faces. Yeah, it does feel. Yeah, it does feel quite Picasso. Yeah, mm. is it Minkoff? Perhaps. Can't remember. Um. Yeah, and you could watch them endlessly. The, one of them was always doing something interesting and weird, and the way that the hands flipped through the filing cabinets and and all that kind of thing. Um, I loved the character design again of Graham Norton's character. Yeah, I completely um, agree with to, that. To match the voice and to match the character, and he was so appealing. But they could have gone a bit yeah. too weird and hippie-ish, but it, it, they just pitched that absolutely right for the character, and I loved it. Mm. Did you find it strange that that character's um, job was sign-flinging? I found it weird that she was crossing when he stopped. You know? (laughs) It's like he's allowed to have a moment's break and just hold the sign for a second. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought he was good character design. I did. Mm. Um, I love the images of Earth and the um, aerial shots of New York and so on always beautiful but beautifully done and lit and very moody Al Hirschfeld that's the one do you know that's annoying is it Hirschfeld or Fields and that that was on the tip of my tongue at the start but I didn't dare say it I didn't have confidence Um, have have you been talking about Terry moving through the real world while I was looking up oh I forgot about that lovely stuff no we haven't going down the cracks and pavements and it did the yeah. whole way she interacted with everything, creeping around like an angel, like she said she'd be. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was good. I thought it was a boy until I looked up the cast list. Oh, because Bonnie said he, and I was like, that's a that's a woman, though. <laughs> um, there's a bit, my favourite bit is, do you know when Joe goes into his mum's tailors and there's Melba, and she's like, are you forgetting something? And he's and like, oh, you've got to kiss her, because I always give her a kiss. It, um, mm. in the background you see Melba throw a look at him like and it's, <laughs> I, I can't describe it you, you, like literally go go and watch a look on her face she just looks at him like with her eyes open wide like well where's my kiss it's so good it's such a nice little bit <laughs> yeah I just I, I, yeah I love uh, I love the character design I love the the sceneries I love the stuff in the uh, the, the soul all the soul stuff all those Terry and Jerry's, the abstract backgrounds. You... I loved all of it. Yeah, I did. I I can't think of anything negative to say, actually. I can't think. Like, it might have been a sinking issue, and it probably was. Um, but the first probably 10 minutes or so, nothing they were saying seemed to match up to the mouth movements. Hmm. Um, now, it's most likely lagging. If I watch it back, it, it won't be there again. But the time I was just thinking, this just feels lazy. I don't understand why it would even be that's, like that. So it must have been like... That's when you do a quick pause on pause. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sexy. I should have done, but I didn't. I, I, I particularly <laughs> like the fact that you, the, you didn't get the titles until tw- 12 minutes into it. And it actually feels like about 20 minutes. And you're like, oh, the titles are only starting. No, it's only 12 minutes. There's a lot happens in 12 minutes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All the yeah. stuff at the school, oh, all the getting the, the, the job, all the auditioning, and then dying. Not dying, but... Yeah. The piano playing was brilliant as well, by the way. Yeah, but his fingers were about... Whenever they showed yeah. eight inches long. They were, but it's it's um, visually referenced by Jean-Baptiste, as we said, and he has got freakishly long um, E.T. Eight fingers. <laughs> so it, that could very easily have... Not rotoscoped, but you know what I mean. That could be image for image for his hands, I think. Yeah. I, I love that that bit. I know it's probably again story, but I don't. It isn't. And actually, this totally contradicts what I've said about things working. When his dad takes him into the into the jazz club, that is just a brilliant, brilliant scene. It looks mm. authentic, brilliant, beautiful to look at, um, and uh, like takes me back to to. Um, talented Mr. Ripley when they go into the into the scene then and, and that just it's just really real nice atmosphere that and straight away there you get this this kind of understanding of why he's so at one with jazz as well mm. uh, that that does look really good maybe maybe I'm being hypercritical well I am being hypercritical but um, there's definitely bits that work really well and do look really good there was just times when I looked at it and thought particularly when they were outdoors I think when they were running down streets and things that it just it didn't feel like it married up right for me. Doesn't it make you wonder what the shot that accompanied this would have been? You watched it. Have I? 
Yeah, it was... I didn't watch it back because I was tidying, as I often am. Um, is it called <laughs> Bounder or Bouncer or something? Hang on. I'll look <laughs> it up. It was, it was on there and I saw you and Bonnie watching Oh, it. it's about the dog from Neighbours. I those Sparks shorts. You know the Sparks? Is that what they're called? Sparks shorts? You know the ones? Yeah. I thought it was one of those I was watching. Hmm. Just one second. Bounder? I don't remember it. Oh, what was it about? Bound in. That's 2004, that's ancient. One second. So talk about something else. Well, we'll have to score it. Was it Homeward Bound? (laughs) Burrow. Yeah, Burrow. I knew it was a bee and it was a bunny or something. Burrow. Was that one of those? It was a Spark Shorts, yes. Right. Um, oh. It was announced to premiere before the film theatrically. Ah. And then instead they just oh. put it on Disney Plus. Because normally Spark Shorts, well, they're just a Disney Plus thing, aren't they? But by the sound of it, this was yeah. a Spark Shot that was going to be. Are they just calling Pixar Shorts Spark Shots now? Is that what they're doing? I don't know. That was called I don't know, Spark but, then, but then Onward was The Simpsons, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. So, yeah. so you know, it's, it's more Disney Plus promotion, isn't it? Or it would have been at the time. It would have been, mm. look at this. Look at this new series of shots we've got. Ooh. Right. Should we score animation? Yep. Hugh, yeah. what did you think? Ten. I uh, hated the story, but loved animation. Masterful, enjoyable to stare at. Very creative. Ten. Um, eight for me. Some niggly stuff um, that that just took it down a bit for me. But again, personal preference more than anything else. It is still brilliant. It's Pixar. <laughs> you know, it's the gold standard, isn't mm. it? So. Ten. And I'll just leave it yeah. there. <laughs> Music. We are going to talk about the music hits. Rate the songs and score the incidental bits. I'm not sure that we have much to say on music. Can you remember any of it? No. Uh, well, that's the nature and you've of jazz. It's like how yeah. do you, how how do you how do you fairly crit- critique it when, like you say, the nature of it is it's not forgettable, but it's um, it's it's almost fleeting, isn't it? So I'll be honest, it's fugitive. This is the one thing I ex- I was really excited when I heard Jean Baptiste was doing the music. Mm-hmm. I mm. expected a little bit more. Now thinking about it, the jazz club stuff and any moment when there was jazz or him piano playing was outstanding and I think that was all Jean-Baptiste but like you say it it was probably improvised when it was recorded um, to an extent so it it was never sort of hummable melody kind of thing yeah. it's, and it's not going to be one of the firework shows you no oh they're playing no no but but La La Land has jazz in it and there's memorable stuff. Yes, there is. In I know it's a musical, I know it's different, but, you know, it, it needed that, whatever that riff was to take through it. The thing for me is it it had an opportunity to be thematic, but in actual fact, when you explore the story, um, as, as Lucy's talked about earlier, jazz isn't what it's about. Mm. It's not about jazz. It's not about music. And therefore the music isn't stealing the show. And it, it could have done and if it had done I think I would have been a lot happier with it but um, I kind of I kind of get why it's not there and memorable because it isn't I, supposed to be I think what it really lacked and you use the perfect word there is something thematic it needed um, a melody that returned was more recognisable um, maybe that followed him into the beyond because we've already spoken about they had a totally different team composing the beyond mm. um, something that threaded through and something that you could you know when you can hear three notes and you know what film it is it just could do with that and then you can have all the improv on top of it but the, the but even inside out was that the, stu- the stuff in the in the beyond before that did have themes like uh, terry had her own theme that came back like i especially noticed it when she was looking through the um filing cabinets and i was like this music it's mm. sort of nightmarish this music but then it came back every time she was on screen and i really liked that stuff mm. Yeah. Mm. There was nothing to not like. There wasn't anything to dislike. It just it didn't feel like it had a thread. And I think that it's a shame. I think it's a shame because um it could have probably like for me, it probably could have lifted the film a bit if it had. Mm. But also you know 
There we go. I wanted more jazz. The, yeah. the, the sort of discordant classroom sound at the Disney logo. <gasps> that. I mean, that was like, oh, that's interesting. But then it played... It, it, when it plays over the Pixar logo, there was a massive disconnect. And I was just going... I just... It, it, it wasn't working with the Pixar logo. It kind of worked with the the Disney one because it's kind of... They were playing that theme, weren't they? The Disney theme, weren't yeah. they? And then the Pixar one, it's more yeah, freeform. Yeah. And I was just going, oh, what? These are totally separate. I absolutely loved that intro because I used to play in a school orchestra <laughs> and uh, that literally was the sound of all those people, not me because I always played in tune, but those are the violinists in, in the orchestra who couldn't play yeah. in tune and, and the people who, like, that, that that just made me smile, big smiles at the start of that film. Really, really did. Can we just pause? Um, and I love Discordant. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah, well, that's it for me for music. I think I think that's it for me as well. Um, you can't deny the genius of the jazz musicians behind it, but I just wish there'd been a little more composition in mm. that. Yeah. So, Chris, do you want to score the music? Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I've written down a number here, but I'm changing it. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a seven. Um, I'm a. I'm a bit annoyed that they didn't do more with it, if I'm honest, because it's called soul for God's sake, and I know that it. But there's two meanings there, and one of those meanings was most definitely about the jazz. But they didn't they didn't sell it enough for me. And also, then you got Nine Inch Nails involved in the other music, and and that could have been something phenomenal as well. And there could have been a thread between the two, and it it missed the mark, unfortunately. But mm. it's still everything they say is great and it's good. It's just it could have been brilliant. Seven. Um, Bonnie read the Little People Big Dreams book about Ella Fitzgerald and mm. got very Ella Fitzgerald mad and we started listening to Scat singing and we got some CDs out and so we've had a lot of Ella Fitzgerald on recently in my house. I think it would have been good if... I can't remember the name of the quartet. The lady saxophone player that he talks about for the whole film. Anyway, if she hadn't been a saxophone player, if she'd been a female... I know it had to be improv, so maybe scat mm. singer as opposed to melody. But I think it would have made it. Mrs. A Huxtable, little... wasn't it? Hmm? Mrs. Huxtable. How was it? Yeah. From the Cosby Show. All right. It would have just made it a little more um, accessible to ears that weren't used to jazz music, and if it was a voice as opposed to a saxophone. And I think they could have added a song or so in there yeah. it sounds so bad so oh, I needed a song there was nothing thing, but it does it would just linger a bit longer anyway that's me talking enough I'm going to give it an 8 I've given it a 7 also but uh, even though we agree on the score Chris I think if you went back and watched it again the the uh, the Soul World stuff might get under your skin a bit more and you might like yeah. it more because when I watched it the second time I, I, I totally forgot about all that music and the second time it really got under my skin I was like oh I like that that is nice <laughs> I will watch it again. Yeah, it is something that I will do. I will watch it again. I, I do sometimes think when we're watching these things for the first time, particularly new releases, you're kind of trying to throw yourself into an opinion quite quickly and sometimes you need a bit more time for things to grow. But... This is absolutely right. And because we often watch things knowing we're going to review them, um, I kind of feel like I sit down and I say to the television, go on then, impress me. And that's <laughs> not how you would normally watch a film. Normally you'd just watch watch a film wouldn't you so it is I can see how you might feel different in the future what did Lucas give it Chris a four, four. well mm. then the scores are in oh are we going to have um, I don't know we won't have um, Rotten Tomatoes will we yeah, well probably we are already I bet mm. there is already I can tell you what it grossed are you ready for this yeah do it it cost 150 million plus was the figure I found so more than 150 million and it grossed on its opening weekend seven point six million. <sighs> right. Wow. Now for context, Frozen Two grossed one hundred and thirty million <laughs> on its opening weekend seven point yeah. six. Now that was only over ten countries. Five point five million was in China because the majority of countries aren't open. However, twelve percent of people who viewed it, um, according to a survey got Disney Plus just to watch it. So mm. it, it did increase Disney Plus subscribers. So they've made some money somehow. 
That's good. Oh, you can't see that. I'm trying to show you. Uh, I've, I've, Go on, you do it I've this got week. the... Uh, shall I? Okay, yeah. right. So um, on IMDb first. Yeah. Bearing in mind, this is quite early days. So um, there are lots of... There's like 92,000 reviews, but still. It's an 8.2 for the audience and, and uh, on IMDb. And a Metascore, I know you don't normally do this, but of 83% from the critics. Um, and on Rotten Tomatoes, 95% from 258 people, um, right. which is, is a lot audience? less. Uh, that's the tomato meter. The, tom- that is. the thermometer. There's one that's audience, one that's critics. Tomatometer. 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 Uh, the audience score is 89%. Very high. Well, our score Very high, yeah. is 79%. There we are. It, well... Mine was higher, but we do this by we're very democratic in this podcast. 79's not bad, but it's a little meh. Where's it? Where's it near? Oh, 79. Hmm, what <laughs> we got? Well, Aladdin's 80 and Lion King's 80. So that's good, so, really. I mean, well, come yeah, on. There you I go. mean, those are absolute legends, aren't they? Uh, so, Alice in Wonderland. What's that? I was a bit brutal to Alice in Wonderland. What's Alice? I remember. You, uh, what did Alice get? Seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that might be a bit. That might be it. There we are. Onward got seventy six, so it's better. Onward. Do you know what we re- as you've just said? We rewatched Onward um, the same day that we watched Soul. It was like a double bill, and mm. I much more enjoyed it the second time. I think sometimes it's worth watching it when you're not reviewing it for a podcast. I don't, don't think I'd score it differently. I enjoyed it more the second time I watched it. I don't know if I'd score it differently. I think I'd, I'd probably come out about the same. No, maybe I wouldn't. Maybe you're right. Hmm. Right, next week we are going to be talking about what's coming up on Disney+. Plus. There's over Two 50, weeks' time. Two weeks' time. There's only yeah. over 50 things uh, that were announced at the Investors' Day. We're going to take sort mm. of 20 of them. And I'm going to put it to the boys and ask basically how excited they are about them. Mm. And we're going to we're going to grade them according to excitement. How does that sound? Sounds good. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Mm. Um, it's I, it's a Lucy takeover. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I had a favourite bit I wanted to mention. First of Ooh. all, yeah, it's the guy in the barbers when um, Joe says he's just making fun of me to cover the pain in his own life, and that guy <laughs> says, "You got me deep, Joe." <laughs> yeah, it was good that my what about Cry bit... Factor Hugh oh sorry sorry oh, well, go on yeah. Lucy my favourite bit would be him lying down on the grate mm. that made me smile oh yeah yeah that is nice um, I think my favourite bit was the barbershop scene this, just the overall whole scene yeah really. but yes that line is particularly good mm. mm-hmm. Cry Factor it's absolutely beautiful. He really loves it. I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> Hugh's cry factor. Um, I, I, I did feel a little bit like it was trying to make me ball my eyes out, um, but that didn't quite work for me. But still, it got up to a good three. I Do you know what? Lucy did cry actually, and I caught her. I'll, I'll, I'll admit to you, Lucy, I saw you crying, and that nearly that nearly got me up to a four. But I thought, no, no, I can't passively add a teardrop onto my own score. But I don't feel like usually Pixar. It, I just feel like they're there manipulating you into yeah, crying. I, I think, think this earned it. This and was a little more earned. I yeah. felt like I cried mm. because I was touched. Yeah. Mm. I I think I need to watch it again without. Lucas asking questions every two seconds. <laughs> that definitely takes away from it sometimes. They do kill the birds, don't they? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. That's why That's why watching at the cinema is good, because you can't hear them. <laughs> you can just keep hitting them and beating them back. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. if you're really lucky, they fall asleep, and then oh, you yeah. get to actually just enjoy the film. Mm. There we are. <laughs> um, Hugh. Yeah. Um, we have a new, we have a new uh, Disney Street Pal on mm. Patreon. Um, and... Uh, as is customary, we we tend to do a um, a shout out for them, don't we? Yes. So our new patron is um, Hannah, who uh, I think. Well, if you listen to all of our shows, any of our shows, you'll know we had a competition just before Christmas, and Hannah was the winner of that competition. Um, and she won a copy of 
Bob Sangwell, Jingle Forthcomings uh, book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and she signed up as a, a Patreon pal now. So um, she would like you to sing. Um, oh, what's the song called from Frozen Two? Uh, uh, oh, what's the song called? Well, you know the in, one where into the unknown. Pardon? No, the other one. You put it on messenger. Show yourself. Show yourself. That's the one. Yeah. She wants you to sing Show Yourself as Kermit the Frog and she says you'll get extra points if you can do oh. the ahs. Oh, right. Now this, <laughs> right, I've got the lyrics here, but I don't know this that well. And actually, the last time I watched it, I noted that the tune is very uh, hard to latch onto. Yeah. But I will, I will try. I, I'll give you extra points as well if you manage to make me choke up by doing that little I'm almost going to cry but I'm not going to cry um, look <laughs> well, into the camera it depends how much I do I'm going to do a verse and a chorus let's, let's see how oh, it goes well. and uh, the, the tune that I don't know I will talk it like I'll Rex Harrison it okay do it go every inch of me is trembling but not from the cold something is familiar like a dream I can reach but not quite hold I can sense you there like a friend I've always known. I'm arriving, and it feels like I am home. I'm going to skip the bridge, because I don't know it at all. <laughs> Show yourself. I'm dying to meet you. Show yourself. <laughs> it's your turn. Are you the one I've been looking for all of my life? Show yourself. <laughs> I'm ready to learn. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Excellent. Oh, very good. <laughs> me, 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 me. Now, that's that's one of your top five skills. Now, my Kermit. No, my Kermit's not very good. Uh, but I still think it's better than Matt Vogel. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Should we see what the people on... Uh, this is the podcast that never ends, but do you want to know what the people on Twitter said? Yeah. Yes. I don't usually do this, but I'm going to read it out. Well, I, I didn't realise we'd, we'd, we'd asked him until I noticed Chris had asked him. Andrew uh, it, was, said, it was a sudden thought, yeah. <laughs> much preferred Inside Out. Yes, it was profound and intelligent, but it wasn't as entertaining. Glad I didn't pay to see it at the cinema. Um, I Even though you two don't agree with me, I think none of us agree with Andrew there, do we? He's, we respect your opinion, Andrew. But yeah. you two aren't fans of Inside Out, are you? No. We'll come no. to that. Which do I like uh, the least? I'm not sure, oh, actually. Huey. We'll, we'll find out. Mercedes said, I like it way more than I anticipated I would. That is a slightly backhanded compliment. It's cryptic. It is. She might not have been looking forward to it at all. Mm. Mm. Um, Maybe she thought it was going to be the best film of the year and it ended up being the best film of the century. We don't know. Tilly Booth said, I love it. And my almost three-year-old has watched it loads. She asks for the funny cat one. Well, this comes to what you said, doesn't it, Chris? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What's the cat for? Now, well, now we know. Well, well this, the, the thing about this uh, film is, like, t- uh, two-thirds of us have not been so keen on it, but the general consensus from what I'm seeing everywhere is people are loving it. Yes. Now, sometimes that gets me cross. I don't mind people liking this. It just didn't work for me. What makes me cross is people who like Toy Story 4. <laughs> Which is <laughs> well, most that, people. <laughs> that's another great example of a film that I went to see and I really enjoyed, but the second time I watched it, everything that you'd said came true and and then I didn't like it um, speaking of your love though um, on Facebook we've also ha- had a comment people love soul here's Bob Sangwell uh, Jingle forthcoming um, and his comments um, on it I was disappointed by soul after looking forward to it I loved the premise and it started so well but I thought it lost its way part way through the animation was great and opened well but the contrast with the great before was too simplistic also I'm afraid the progressive nature of the jazz pieces made me switch off and I was pleased when they finished the storylines just seemed to be overlong in places and I find my attention wandering me of all people personal <laughs> thoughts I know but I just love a melody over a riff. Hey, Sorry, Mr. Doctor. What we want. Do you know what? We should have just read that out at the beginning and then we could have saved ourselves an hour, couldn't we? <laughs> that was very concise, Bob. You put your finger right on it, I feel. Mm-hmm. On the very pulse. Good. My battery's at 10%. Oh. She means her, well, we'd probably like, to wrap up. her, her physical battery. <laughs> She's on fumes. Hey, you're racing my motor. Well, 
You can find us well, at, there we are, then. at 37 Disney Street. All the usual places. Mm. We have a Disneyland Paris show. We've just looked at the uh, Disney presents we got at Christmas. We went through mm. those. That's quite fun. And they're going to go on Instagram. We're going to put those pictures up. Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, blah, blah. Twitter. Hashtag. The whole, the whole thing. Something. Yeah. Yeah. There's a hashtag at 37 yeah. Disney Street gifts where, where, where you can see our Christmas gifts. There you are. That, yeah. Oh, and Lucy's set herself a goal as well. Do you want to tell them about your goal? I do. Um, I'm setting myself big, big um, pie-in-the-sky kind of goals for the new year, and I thought a nice, not manageable one, not manageable one, a difficult one, would be a 1,000 YouTube subscribers by um, the end of the year. We do have various platforms, which makes it difficult to go overall, but I thought the YouTube one, we have our Disneyland Paris um, content on there. We have a lot of other video content on there, various vlogs and so on. Mm. So we've got a goal of getting a 1,000 YouTube followers by the end of the year. If you can leave us a review on iTunes, a five-star one would be nice. If you think we're only worth three, <laughs> that's fine too. Any liking, subscribing, commenting, you're all familiar enough with social media now to know what helps our algorithms. But most of all, if you like it, tell other people you like it and see yeah, if they want friends. to watch and listen. And Absolutely. if they don't like it, just keep that to yourself. Yeah, tell them to subscribe anyway. They can always ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, we'll see you on this show in a fortnight then, I guess. Yeah. Um, when we do the Disney Plus stuff, which is quite exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to that episode, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then after that, we'll be resuming the classics, won't we? Yes, that's the plan. we a bit of a With break. Brother Bear, I think. Oh. In, Yay! in four weeks' time. <laughs> yeah. Brave Mark 1. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> And on that note, um, let's say goodbye. We'll let Lucy's battery get some rest. Uh, yeah. See you next week, next time. Bye, Bye. everyone. Good night, children. <laughs>